Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. I am stopping the intro. It is playing over again. Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And we are here today with Aisha Lowe from Low Sounds, although you might see her work in um, Premiere Guitar, her writing in... I'm sorry. It is she, her, right? Or is yeah. I... Okay, yeah, yeah sorry. I, I, got, I got the boobies... I usually ask and I just (laughs) forgot. Um, so, uh, writes in premiere for premiere guitar and makes cool noise boxes. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having, thanks for having me today. Thanks for being on. We appreciate it. Thanks for waiting for Andrews. (laughs) Andrew to get. Hey, you know, I know California time. I know it. (laughs) He had a morning. It sounds like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a morning. My power decided uh, – one of my um, circuit breakers decided to uh, break and turns out that's what they're good for. I don't know what caused it to break. All I know is it just – I was in the middle of making coffee. No caffeine in my system. And the the weird – so the sucky thing is I hate – this This happens like at least once or twice a month in various circuits around the house uh, because this house has just got awful, awful wiring. And the the worst part about it for me isn't that the power's off, is that I have to go to the garage, to the room, to the boiler room where the circuit um, switch is, and go flip it back. And it's just so creepy. There's no light in there. Yeah, that is creepy. That sounds like a Stranger Things episode wouldn't happen. I swear, every time I walk in, like, I'm expecting, like, something, like, crawl out. Because there's, um, like, so there's the water heater, and there's the boiler for the heat for the house. And then, like, right around the small corner, you can crawl underneath the house, and that's the only access point to the crawl space. But it doesn't look like it's, it's not, like, finished concrete. It's just, like, a gravelly, like, looks like pit of hell kind of thing and there's no light in there so i'm always walking in with a flashlight just waiting for like something to come crawling up and grab me and drag me under it's really creepy i recommend investing in a headlamp yeah oh yeah um it's a good item i can turn a flashlight faster than i can turn my head it's true now you have a phone flashlight so that thing's handy no i've actually got like a duracell like a giant led you're you're not messing around yeah, no, at least I've got something I can, like, hit something with as it kills me. <laughs> also, I'll feel it good about myself on the me. way out. <laughs> Defensive it weapon. killed Weedy. Nice. So, but, uh, you had to, oh, you turned a different guitar around. Why every episode? So, if you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> Andrew got up right when I had started hitting, right after I hit record. He's like, oh, I got it. And he was, un- he was, he, his bass had been facing the wall. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was just like making the bass face, you know, us because somebody asked, why is the bass in the corner? What did it do? And then I just realized you flipped the Telecaster. So now the Telecaster is facing the wall. I have to ask why. Okay. So the, the jazz master is flipped around. Um, so you can see right behind my head, uh, jazz master is flipped around and I did it because I, it wasn't playable at the, at the time anyways. And we've got the, um, the get offset neck plate on the back. And so I flipped around just so I could see that as I walked into the room, thought that was kind of neat. And someone commented on the, on the YouTube stream and I'm like, huh? And they're like, Oh, is it like in timeout or something? I'm like, eh. yeah. So the last, like every week I've flipped a different one. So then the next week I flipped the Jennings and the next week I flipped the base. And then this week I flipped the, uh, 
the Telecaster. They're all falling in and out of your favor. Um, yeah. I, don't know. I was just waiting for someone to notice. Yeah. We noticed. Yeah. We noticed. Yes. I, I, I made it a little conspicuous that time around. But what can I say? I've had the week off. It's been vacation for me, so I'm not completely on my toes. I'm, I'm on a, the, was that the second of your two weeks off or was it the first? That was the second. So I go back to work tomorrow after having almost 14 days consecutively off. Mm, gosh, that sounds so great. Nice. It's It's been nice, but uh, I don't know how I'm going to go back to a normal sleep schedule. I mean, you probably should. You I messaged should. me at like midnight. Like, when are we recording tomorrow? <laughs> I did. And I, I mean, didn't go to sleep till sleep. two. So. I was asleep already. Well, so I um uh did the the hold steady did a series of live streams for their Brooklyn. Normally every year they do something called Massive Nights. And uh, last year I went, I saw all my friends. It was a great thing. And I was planning on going this year in COVID. So they did the uh the live streams instead. And it was it ended up being really cool. I thought it would just make me sad to just see my favorite band on a screen, but they also had um a Zoom room where all the the fans you can go and you could like get in the stream and uh it would just was just cycling through all these fans all these people i've been talking to for years and uh their kids and their pets and their their turtles <laughs> uh and all kinds of fun things and it was just really really neat to see and it was cathartic but um, normally I also would have been up until 2 a.m. yesterday is what I was trying to say, <laughs> but mm. when it's the stream, the stream is over and then I just go upstairs and hang out with, with Rick and my cat. Been watching a lot of catfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so what'd you do on your vacation, Andrew? Um, not as much as I thought I was going to, uh, let's see. Do I have it? I've got it right here. He says off mic. So I started my vacation strong and I started my vacation with making a list of things to do. Say, did you type up thoughts <sighs> to discuss on the podcast? Andrew has pulled out a sheet of paper that's held together. No, no. This is what my to-do list paper. was for uh, okay. for my time off. Now, you might see ever so briefly, there's not a whole lot that's crossed off. <laughs> So I started off with the right intention of making a list and checking it twice. And it turns out I uh, would have rather been naughty than nice because I got none of it done. How, but how many episodes of TV shows did you watch? A lot. A lot. <laughs> um, no, I think the, the worst offense that I've, I managed to pack under my belt is Melissa and I stayed up till almost 7 a.m. binge watching um, Designated Survivor, <clears throat> which is just I don't a, even know what that is. Oh. Wait, it's a Kiefer Sutherland political action drama where he becomes the president because Congress was blown up. Jesus. It sounds like it's really bad TV, and honestly, it might be. I don't know. All I know is it was really fun to watch with Melissa. Um, we don't get to do that too often, and because usually, you know, I'm at work by six or seven in the morning, not still awake. So, mm -hmm. yeah. damn, still paying for it. A week later, trying to recover on the sleep schedule, but it was fine. I think it was worth it. Nice. Aisha, what have you been up to? I binged Utopia the day after Thanksgiving. I just didn't, my PJs stayed on till like the next day. Just awesome. like a binge 
utopia series kind of day. I don't know that one. Yeah, it's uh, check it out. It's really interesting. Kind of based on a graphic novel. John Cusack's the villain, and he's a great villain. He is uh, a great villain. I think we've all seen High Fidelity. I thought John Cusack oh, yeah. made petals. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. Yeah, well, the, aside from that, I've just been like uh, trying to hang out with my family a lot because we're moving again in a few weeks and jamming with my brothers feverishly. You know, I'm living with one of my brothers right now, so we have his music room set up with about 100 pedals so that we can put his sitar through it um, and just capturing tons of samples and that kind of thing, hoping to we'll trade back and forth. Uh, you know, online and uh, have our Ableton versus Logic war on the daily, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, Which just one are you? pedals, making a lot of pedals and doing music. What'd you say? Which one are you, Ableton or Logic? Oh, Ableton, all the way. <sighs> I've tried them all. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an old lady. Started out on trying to use Pro Tools, you know, and I do a lot of MIDI stuff and it just wasn't happening at the time. Yeah. yeah. Ableton's good for that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I love it. My whole music writing is sample based. I like analog sounds, but I love having the capability, the editing capability, you know. Sure. That editing. makes sense. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the other cool thing I did is there's a company called Walco that made pedals based out of Clifton, New Jersey. Randomly, this is where my parents live. And, uh, so there are these, they made this thing called sound go around and you guys might've seen them. They're all like fluorescent colored little boxes and they were made to plug right into the jack of the guitar. Oh, really? And so they're kind of unusable and they just had like a small battery compartment. So I went ahead and put power jacks and proper input and output jacks. My brother had the whole line of them like oh. brand new in the box. So that we're just going to make yeah. a little pedal board of these like super old school the transistors were gnarly and cool and old inside there. So it's like my nerdy fun to take them apart and uh, check out the uh, ancient technology in there. That's, oh, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I've definitely heard of those and I've always been told that they're just not usable because of the whole input jack thing. And, mm-hmm. so and the fact that, you know, I don't know, maybe I, I don't like using batteries. I get that some, pedals need batteries and i'll use rechargeable nine volts for that but i try not to you know the first thing i'll do is put a power jack into it sure an old pedal yes yes batteries are not generally great for the environment no they're they sound great in fuzz pedals though i'm not denying that (laughs) (laughs) i get why people you know only put the battery snap on some of those old point-to-point fuzzes yeah Yeah. everything's different yep nice oh god coffee sorry you guys are making me jealous because i had mine at like 6 30 in the morning (laughs) man it feels like 6 30 in the morning (laughs) i just get up at that hour i don't know i'm like a dawn person Rick um, wakes up at six. My husband wakes up at six every morning to go on a, a walk with our neighbor. And that kind of rustles me. And I just kind of sit in bed and hang out with the cat for a while. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, yeah, I'm usually I'm usually awake between six thirty and seven every day, which is nice. It's nice to to I would rather like bang out my tasks in the morning than at night. So like I do some I do some freelance work and I don't want to do that when I'm doing my day job because that's wrong. So I'm like, well, then I'll just wake up at six thirty and do an hour mm-hmm. of it and then transition right into the normal job. And that's more fun than being like, oh, okay, well, I finished all my day job stuff, and now I'm going to do more work. I can't bring myself to do that. Like, I can do the short task first, and then I can do the longer task, which is the the copywriting. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, if I'm doing Google ads for hot sauce, I'm like, well, that's just going to take me, like, an hour, so I'm just going to do it first. <laughs> yeah. That's me, though. I'm taking my me time in the morning because we live in a house of six right now. So mm. no one's up except for me. And that's, I, I like it that way. You said with some preteens? Preteens, my yeah, brother, my sister-in-law and my wife. Mm. We're all uh, partying in our little COVID pod here together. <laughs> Your little COVID bubble? Yeah. One thing that was funny yesterday, my husband and I took a really long walk after like to... Yeah, we just took a long... It was a beautiful day. And uh, we're walking down the street, and I see one of those big inflatable bubble things. And then there's a Santa in it. And I realized it was socially distant Santa pictures. <laughs> and then we were watching Saturday Night Live last night, and the, that was the premise of one of the skits that was in SNL later that day. And I was like, ah! I'm like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme, where he's like, wait! <laughs> you wait! <smoked> it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to have the Wait, fake beer in my hand. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Uh, so I felt a little bit like that, and I laughed a lot. It was pretty great. It's pretty great. Pretty great. Oh yeah, Melissa was like, "Hey, like Nordstrom's doing like Zoom calls with Santa." I'm like, no can we how how we, soon do you guys think it's going to be before like netflix amazon all the streaming services all the shows are masked because right now we're watching stuff where no one's in masks right but that's not our us, life now this is us actually is is like it's like takes place during the pandemic like yeah. they oh, are that's... where they are taking off masks putting them on they're talking about like isolating and distancing and like they've actually worked it into their plot really, really well. Yeah, I mean it's, are... it's inevitable. No, I mean it's going to yeah. have to get worked into plots because this is how we are living. Yeah, it's almost weird that they haven't done that more because now you watch stuff and you're like, so does this all take place in 2019? Is 2019 just an extended right? year for these like, shows? Oh, look, they're hugging. You know, <sighs> they're like... people at a show. <laughs> how they're do they they're find watching that many a extras? band. And then it makes me I'm, all sad. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I miss, I miss playing music. It's like my band released an album, and like we can't tour it. Uh, like, drives so, me yeah. insane. So we got featured on um, All Songs Considered on the new Music Friday that came out on Black Friday. Sweet. So that was really cool. Congratulations! Yeah. Cheers to that. Thank you. We haven't recorded since that happened, so I had to say it. Sunday Crush, our album's out now on Donut Sound Record. recording company the vinyl has been delayed again vinyl takes forever 
Well, I don't think there's test presses. You got to listen. You Mm got to make corrections. You got to get another test press sometimes. Yeah, we have to make corrections to our test pressing. Mm -hmm. That's just par for the course. Yeah. I mean, I know that they're accounting for like issues with the test pressing. Sure. But uh, yeah, it's like everything is taking it so much longer, even. And vinyl always takes a long time. And now it's taking even longer. Yeah. Early in COVID, like we couldn't even get any, we couldn't even get quotes. Like nobody, people were like, we can't really, we're like already really behind. Like we're not just going to, we're just not going to respond to emails, I guess, is what they seem to think. That's the yeah. natural thing to do. It's just ignoring ignore emails. Them. Yep. Due to COVID 19, I can't get back to you. No, 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 no. Just set an autoresponder on that just says due to COVID 19 and then a period. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Every email you ever get just says due to COVID 19. Oh, I ran a giveaway. Blank. I ran yeah. a giveaway with Fox Cairo uh, last month and. Uh, they put together like a group thread on Instagram for everyone to commute all the other uh, brands that were involved to communicate. And one of them had their auto reply on there, like based out of Australia, I think. And it's just like, we're all trying to communicate over here on this side of the pond. <laughs> and it's just every message. Thank you for contacting blah, blah, blah. We will get back to you as soon as blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> it's great. And of course, that giveaway got really awkward when in- Instagram disabled the hashtags halfway through the submission Ooh. time frame. Oh, dude, I didn't even think about that because it's another oh, time yeah. we were trying to find con like the the contest winners. Like, was yeah, that, like wasn't it like like tweet with the hashtag to get entered? Yep. I forgot that. Yeah, so uh, in- for Instagram, uh, that's still disabled as of last I checked. Um, oh, I got locked out of my personal Instagram. Weird Awkward. stuff is afoot at the circus. Is that day. why you've been messaging me some really strange things? Have I been catfished? You know I've been catfished, right? You you mentioned it previously, and I, I feel like it's a story you've told, but maybe I've just completely repressed it. Um, That might, that might be – unless Aisha really wants to hear about me getting catfished. Go on. All right, fine. So uh, – <laughs> I've been telling this story a lot lately because I've been watching Catfish on TV. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that happened to me. Like, kind of forgot. So when I was a freshman in college, it was toward the end of my freshman year, I get a random Facebook request from someone named uh, Rachel Warner. And I message her. I'm like, hey, I think you might have added the wrong Emily Harris. There's like a ton of Emily Harris's. So that happens. And she's like, oh, no, I'm just like, I'm transferring to Belmont. I'm just trying to meet some people. Um and you just like you seemed cool. I'm like, okay, that that's like Weird. that's yeah, but that was kind of a normal thing to do when you're like 19 years old in 2008. Like yeah. you would just send random Facebook requests. I think people forget that was more normal back then, uh, and that's how I met a lot of my friends from college before we started. So seemed normal, and then we just would. She and I. She said her Facebook page name was Rachel. Her, but her actual name was Natalie. And she said that she did this because she was an aspiring musician and just wanted to, like, when you reach a certain level of, like, success locally even, you start to get some weird messages. So she's like, I just wanted to make my personal profile a little bit harder to find. Uh, just funnel the, the fans to the MySpace. I'm like, yeah, that sounds normal. That sounds fine. 
And she and I would just instant message a lot. She'd complain about her boyfriend. <laughs> and she would say, oh, my, yeah, she just complained about her boyfriend all the time. <clears throat> and uh, she was like, his name is Tyler. He's actually <laughs> his nephew. And she sent pictures that actually prove that this guy that she was talking about was <laughs> his nephew. I'm like, that's weird. I mean, I've seen Man on the Moon. It's a good movie. And that's all I know about <laughs> And so, like, it's not like it wasn't impressive, but at the same time, it was kind of funny. And um, then this, and, like, we would just talk every night and we would, she never asked me to do anything. She never did anything other than, like, we would bitch about things together. Like, that was, like, the extent of it. We talked about music, what we liked. There was nothing weird, nothing sexual, nothing like send me money, nothing. And then I um, go back to Nashville and I see Natalie Warner, who actually is from Nashville, is playing a show at 12th and Porter. So I message her that I'll try to go and I go. After her set, which was very good, I go up and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm good. I'm like, how are you, how are you like in Belmont so far? And she's like, I don't go to Belmont. And, like, her face is also, like, the friendly, like, oh, someone's coming up to me and being nice after my show. And then, like, I can see she does not know who I am. So I said, okay. All right. I know what's happening. <laughs> I just go back. And um, I message the real profile. And I'm like, you don't know who I am, do you? <laughs> and we found out. And she she kind of just, like took my response and was like, oh, that's really weird. I'll look into it. A few months later, she responds again and says, this is going to sound weird. I remembered your message. I remember meeting you. And um, I've had a few other people reach out to me that there's someone pretending to be me on the internet. We found out who it is. It is the person who was acting like I was his girlfriend. Ew. And he actually is, uh, he actually is a nephew. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> town. This guy was pretending to be his fake girlfriend. Oh my god. On the internet. It and takes all kinds. Oh my I mean, gosh. that's just like, because, and for the record, as far as I know, like, what she told me in person, because she told me this in person, because we became friendly afterwards, we both live in Nashville, like, as far as I know, she's telling the truth. It could have been her the whole time and it was just some weird thing. Like, I don't know what the truth really, really is because if this was, like, some dude pretending to be his own fake girlfriend, he was very convincing. Like, I thought I was talking to a 19-year-old girl the whole uh, time. That's creepy. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. Very manipulative. I want to know what the motivation was. Oh, yeah. That's that's the creepiest part, really. Yeah, that really is, because he never asked for money. The one thing he asked me to do, which I thought was weird, was he asked me to call a number pretending to be Natalie. What? And I did not. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's... That's insane. Yeah. That's bananas. That's not a normal thing to ask of. Insane in the membrane. So, like, I don't know. Maybe he was, like, catfishing somebody else. It was, like, a double catfish. Because you like watched, because an... I watched that show, and, like, some of them go really deep. Some of them have multiple fake profiles that they use to catfish somebody. And some of them, and, like, you don't, the, all the motivations are always different. So, I don't know. 
This is why I don't take friend requests very frequently from people that I haven't met in person. Oh, I don't do it anymore. I have a ton sitting in the hopper of people I've never talked to. Oh, I think I'm, I've got like 70 that are just, I'm like, I, I feel bad just straight up declining it. And I feel like there's that inside of me like, well, if I just let it sit there, maybe that's better. <laughs> maybe maybe people will be less offended if it just says pending. <laughs> maybe. I Cold ditched my Facebook left like me on a decade ago. You deleted, you what about Facebook? I ditched it like 10 years ago. And then just nothing for a few years. And then finally, when I started building pedals, I hopped on Instagram, but that's it so far. Yeah. How'd you start building pedals? Um, when I moved to Oakland, I didn't have a rehearsal studio for the first time in my life. And I was kind of going insane, not being able to play music, except like mixing in headphones. And right. so I said, okay, I'm going to take up learning how to tattoo and learning how to build pedals at the same time. Nice. This, requires but, steady hands. Yeah. So I bought this tattoo kit off Amazon's real <laughs> hunk of crap, you know, <laughs> and I tattooed my own leg and it was like incredibly stressful. I mean, it worked out, but it was like really All stressful. Right. And I said, okay, let me focus on this pedal building thing. Yeah. That's really stressful. And I want something relaxing. So I just went diving on on the old internet, you know, looking for schematics and stuff and like, what tools do I need? Um, you know, this, the basic nuts and bolts of like, how do I get started? And uh, from there, it just turned into like obsession, the way music, learning how to play music was an obsession earlier on, you know? So this yeah. was like a natural progression for me, I feel like, from sound design to actually cre creating circuits. And I'm a huge uh, recycling advocate. I worked in electronic salvage mm -hmm. and um, work for a eco park in Berkeley. And so being able to incorporate that into the builds is like a yeah. just click like in I'm my head. At but your Instagram and just the first one is what the cordless room monitor. Yeah. They're like intercoms that came with yeah. like 700 feet of wire that you were supposed to <laughs> wire throughout your house to talk to each other. Cordless. Room room. Yeah. No. Comes with like this, all this wire that I have to then recycle because it's useless yeah. and like cheapy, but the enclosures are so cool on some of the old things. And like oftentimes, mm -hmm. even when they're busted inside, they have like transistors you can't get anymore and really high quality parts. So I take apart the busted circuit boards and save those parts. And that's yeah. why moving sucks extra bad because I, <laughs> I've hoarded a lot of parts over the years. <laughs> I, I know. I feel like that's a common thing. Like, I feel like everybody in who, all these builders have, like, a lot of them especially have one thing that they just collect a ton of. Like, I know Sean from Gun Street Wiring just collects, like, Fender Bronco parts. <laughs> and he's like, I have so many of them. Like, he just sent me a body when he saw I had a Bronco awesome. neck. He's like, you need a body. Here's a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, the so trading game is strong in our community, and I love that. It just, like, keeps it exciting, you know? Like, I love trading yeah. pedals with other pedal makers or, like, um, Gary from Parts Caster Concierge. Uh, we've been you – know, I make him 
pedals and de- uh, devices. He sends me his amazingly beautiful wooden enclosures that I'm excited to build into. Yeah. I've got to come up with something really special and small. Oh, that reminds yeah. me. I was talking to Gary. Uh, so like I last- that leads us into our first sponsorship spot. If you want to talk about that, because Parscaster Concierge is actually a sponsor of the podcast. Yeah, no, Gary sent me a, a message last week and we were, he was like, Hey, w- would you be interested in an orange enclosure? And of course I'm like, yes. And I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what I want to put in it. If I'm going to like get a DIY circuit or mm-hmm. I, I try it, or if I want to rehouse something I've got or buy something to rehouse, just like find some, something cheap. Um, or like, a I don't know. I'm, 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 it's gotta be special. It's got to be special, especially if it's going to be uh, in an orange enclosure because um, – oh, it dropped to the ground. Uh, my obsession of orange is taken. I think that just changed the whole light balance on my camera. That's not yeah. right. I've got – That's all that happened. I found this. This is really terrible. I probably shouldn't have done it, but I got this at Walmart for 10 bucks. Is it a Snuggie or a hoodie? It's a hoodie. Oh, okay. But I, I intentionally oh, that got – $10? I would expect it to be less. Right. Um, <laughs> no, it was 10 bucks, like nine ninety eight, Um, and I got it size up so I could do the, uh, the oversized, like walking around my house with like my hands inside the, the sleeves, kind of just super cushy, cozy thing. Hi. Cause all of my hoodies actually fit now. Cause I bought them a size up when I was not a size up personally. Um, so yeah, no, it was overdue and I got it because it was like super thin. I'm like, cool. Like I won't overheat just sitting in the house wearing this and turns out mm-hmm. it's really warm. Anyways, I love orange. It's a great hoodie. And more importantly, I'm very excited to uh, figure out what I want to do with an orange enclosure from Gary at Artscaster Concierge. Um, but yeah, he does some really amazing work. Yeah. I mean, I am, I finally have all the parts for the body that he sent me. So now it's just a matter of, oops. Finishing, <laughs> finishing it. So putting it together. So I'm, I'm hoping that now that basically the December holiday campaigns I've been working on are done for weeks, my job, that maybe I'll have some energy in the evenings to, to film that. And I, Cause I'm going to, I want to do a dog hair finish on that RD body. Um, nice. Similar to your uh, Voyager by Jennings. And what I'm going to do is um, I got um, leather dye instead of wood stain because you can. I, I feel like you can get more vibrant colors more easily with leather dye. And that's what I've done before. Like I purple is way too hard to mix with wood dyes. So I got purple um, leather dye and it worked beautifully. So nice. this is red. And I think I'm going to take the grain filler and add black dye to the grain filler to have... Um, like more of a traditional kind of like less Paul cherry esque dog hair finish. Yeah. Maybe that'll work. Maybe it'll be bad, but um, I will try my, my darndest to video it. <sighs> well, isn't that just rad? Didn't I share a video with the Patreon supporters once where I was just like, why do I try to do it? <laughs> like I was, I messed up something so bad. I was like, why do I try? Why do I make an effort? This is terrible. I, I find myself feeling that way frequently and then I find and I get over the hump and then I'm like, all right, wait, actually I got that done. Like that wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this yeah, is uh, thank you practice. to Gary and Partscaster Concierge. I will have a link to Partscaster Concierge in the show notes, but um, basically what they do, they do custom 
uh, guitar bodies for parts casters, cut for custom builds, uh, full custom builds. Uh, they do cabinets, enclosures, as we we talked about. So he he's doing a lot, and just like everything he posts looks so beautiful. He he picks things with the best. Like my RD body has the best grain. I like I'm like I can't paint this. I have to do something with really like lets it live its best life. You know. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard to cover up good grain. Yeah. <clears throat> But this week, um, this week's episode is also sponsored by DistroKid. I've been having a lot of fun with DistroKid since the band's album came out because uh, they make it easy to see our stats on Spotify and Apple Music. And uh, though it, 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 it takes a while to like get earnings estimates, um, it, the stats start coming in like immediately. So it's been really cool to see to see the response to that. Um, because, like, I think that our expectations as a band in Sunday Crush have just been, like, crushed. <laughs> like, we, it's 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 a lot better, it's doing a lot better than we even, like, could have dreamed. So, thanks to everyone who's listened. Please also buy it, because, wow, there is no money in streaming. There is no money in streaming. And also, if you have Spotify... Might I recommend moving to Apple Music or Tidal because Apple Music pays twice as much as Spotify and Tidal pays thrice as much as Spotify and they about cost the same. So why is everybody on Spotify? <clears throat> Distro Kid. Indeed. Save 7% on your first year of Distro Kid if you click on the link in the video description or the show notes. That link is Andrew. Do you remember what that link is? The... For it's the uh, distrokid.com slash get offset, VIP slash get offset. That's what it is, VIP. Yep. Yes. You're always missing something. The VIP part. Very important podcast is what that stands we for, are to be clear. Podcast. We're a very important podcast. Uh, so, unif- um, go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to transfer to an unofficial ad hoc sponsorship, but oh. <laughs> that also transitions in a little bit of what's new. But I wanted to shout out Haley from. Rocket sounds. I don't, I don't know if you can that. see this, but this is a uh, a strap using the same. Oh, look at that! It's the jazzy, snazzy pattern um, that Indeed. you would remember from Taco Bell cups. And I was gonna say, it looks like cups, like the decoration yeah. on uh, cu- mm-hmm. you know soda cups. It totally is. Um, so I uh, started running Fox Cairo toppers with that design a couple months ago. Now they've done really well and. So we got to talking and she sent me uh, a strap to get some good photos of. She found a, a, a pattern fabric for it. So we're going to do a combo deal at some point in the near future. And the other thing she sent me. Oh now my it, gosh. It's, it's little BB-8s. It's little BB-8s. Now it's unbranded because, you know, copyright and the mouse and all that, but. Um, yeah, a bright orange strap with BB-8s on it, Aww. and this is for uh, my Jennings, which I have named BB-8. Um, that is so orange. That's so much orange. I just <laughs> <laughs> It's a little on the obnoxious side, and I'm pretty okay with that. Yeah, as long as you're okay with it. I actually bought one of uh, Haley's straps. This is called the, um, the, I think it's like the Memphis pattern, mm-hmm. but I think it goes well with my American Professional 2 series Jazz Master. I've got another strap hiding off screen, but we'll talk more about that later because more collaboration stuff. 
Um, oh, and she yes. sent me a shirt. Says Rocket on the front. And, oops, didn't mean to do that. Fox Clairo on the back. And it's glow in the dark. So I try not to get jealous when you get the free things because I know that you try to not get jealous when I get the free things. <laughs> Aww. Well, I'm... I'm very excited, and uh, she's pretty rad. So go support Rocket Customs. Yeah, I like. I really want one of those like LED straps. But maybe when music comes, maybe when live music comes back, I can make that investment. Yeah, the LED strap is pretty stinking rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it is. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, Aisha, we had just talked a little bit about uh, topics, and um, this is this is an idea from you about it. Uh, talking about women and people of color in the industry, why there are so few folks like that. Yeah, we we were discussing earlier that there's like no cut and dry answer to that, obviously. <laughs> you know, people are all different. Right. Um, but I think, you know, the harder that we can all work to make the, sa- the places and spaces feel safer for those folks to come in um, just like have a gentler vibe about it. Cause I know when I first started trying to go on the forums, um, you know, there'd be a lot of misogynist comments, just stuff that I find offensive, you know, as a woman and I'm yeah. pretty easygoing. So yeah. <laughs> some bad stuff out there. There's a, an equal, if not larger number in my personal experience of fellas who really want there to be more diversity and do things, uh, you know, through their own companies in that regard, like uh, John from Rare Buzz doing the uh, pedal building for the Tone Station, uh, I believe it was, uh, for women and non-binary, you know, stuff like that is only going to bring more folks in, I feel like, you know, um, because it's a safe space. Yeah. It's always, and you and I had mentioned a little bit um, before we we had record and we were waiting for Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes like guys who have businesses or whatever, or just are interested, they'll just like ask me like, how do I get more women to buy my product? Or how do I get more women to watch my demo channel? Or how do I get more women to do this? And it's kind of like, dude, like I, Every woman buys, looks at, watches, consumes things for her own reasons. It's like, it's kind of a wild question to ask. And I get wanting to ask that. And I know that there, I'm, and I always say like, there are things you can do. You can include women in your ads. You can have more women demo your product. You can work to get, you know, your pedals on more boards by touring female musicians like there's Mm -hmm. there are things that you can do but there's not one answer because there's never one answer for why anybody ever buys anything i do feel like uh, us females have a slightly different aesthetic based on my own personal orders um i have noticed that guys tend to like the sleek copper etched graphic stuff i get more orders and the hand-painted stuff i get more uh female musicians kind of gravitate towards that but that's not that's you know we get both obviously but yeah it's just something i noticed too is that there is like an aesthetic 
difference in what pleases us in some senses. But like you're saying, I don't think there's any one way to answer that. Because yeah. all of us women are different as well from each other. Yeah. You know, Wait, women aren't a monolith? No. And you know what? That is something that I have noticed having mostly guy friends. My guy friends are amazing. But just being around like a, a, we were talking about the metal scene back in those days, you know, and, and I really got the vibe that a lot of those guys really thought all of us women were alike, you know, yeah. you know, just buy the flowers and do this and whatever. And it's like, wow, they really just haven't even tried to scratch the surface there. And that's it too. It's like, get to know us, you know, yeah, uh, be, be enhanced by your relationship with uh, female musicians and, uh, you know, try to hang out with more people of color and female musicians. Um, I think that is part of it too. And that'll make the spaces feel safer just naturally. I feel like outreach is, is, is pretty important or at least making it obvious that you're a good person and a safe person to reach out to. But like you, like the, the people who are kind of like in charge or the gatekeepers of the space, if they're not reaching out to women and, people of color, then like, it's just not, you can't, you can't expect people to always just come to you. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to do their own things and we are doing our own things. We've been doing our own things for forever. Um, But if you want to like have part of that, like if you want part of that business, like you have to make it more accessible to the other people and and do the reaching out. And I think I'm really excited for, um, the pedal movie reverb.com's pedal movie. And I want to have, I want to have those guys on, uh, who, who did Dan and, um, um, I really apologize to the other producer of that film because I am blanking hard. We've mostly spoken to Dan. I think that's why that's, yeah, the that's name, my but, communication yeah. too. Yeah. So, uh, like I really want to have them on, but, um, I, I know that they were doing the work to get a more diverse, smattering of of the industry because i know that you interviewed for it yesterday aisha yeah they kind of they're pretty much done but they reached out to me for um some footage just to add in there at the end and um i did answer some interview questions in case they want to throw that in there or whatever Um, i think it's going to be more than just the movie i think there's going to be a lot of because uh, they filmed like days of content. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine because we shot what we shot last night was 65 gigs. Nice. So I'm wondering how many gigs of footage these folks have had to go through the editors. I mean, my interview was an hour. Yeah, so it's um, a lot of gigs. Condensing that down to a movie is going to be impossible. I'm sure Ugh. they're just going to spend years posting B-roll on Instagram. Right. And YouTube and all the it's extras. It's a massive undertaking editing. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I think so that that reminds me of uh, something we talked about in the podcast a couple months ago was the Bechdel test. Bechdel test? Um Bechdel. Bechdel. And we talked about the Midriff podcast and talked about it. Um and going over what it looked That's like Hillary to... Jones's Midriff podcast mm-hmm. for those who didn't hear what Andrew said. Sorry. My bad. Uh, but it just in terms of like making sure there's inclusion in the media around things, 
and uh, how you present your product. I think that's definitely really important. And one of the other things I think specifically for this industry that I think this industry is really uniquely capable of leaning into, and I think does a decent job of is uh, promoting each other. Um, because I, I think something that we've talked about before is like in, in other more like capitalist driven kind of industries, you're not going to talk about your competition. Um, and it doesn't really feel that way not in this possibly. industry. It's, it's so much more of a community and building each other up. And yeah. so when I see things like Aisha, you're wearing the sea hat shirt. Hell yeah, I am. And that's awesome. Like that's, that's a non-white owned business and, uh, that does some incredible work. Oh Yeah. Um, Putro is incredibly creative inside yes. and out with his pedals. And he's just like a super solid human being. We got to be friends kind of early on. I We found each other and I was born and raised Muslim and he's Muslim in Indonesia. And so we just got to talking about that. He's like, wow, okay, you're, you're Pakistani. I'm Indonesian. And like, you know, um, we had our own little bubble in that way because, uh, you know, more recently, I feel like there are a lot more uh, POC companies. There's a, certainly a ton in Central America and South America. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's, come on. It's so fun to like trade shirts and stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just got one from Wooly from Champion Lucky that I love that just has ghosts all over it. It's funny because my niece and uh, nephew who I live with, they're like, do you have any shirts that aren't pedal companies? <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, I, I have band shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like all my shirts are bands, bars, and gear companies. Right? My or like places you went on tour that had the cool yeah. shirt, donut place, this or that. I have a lot of those. Yes, that's exactly it, man. Like I have, sh yeah, it's a collection. And well, I like, wear like eight of them. That's such a cool right? thing that our industry is able to do, though, is it's like if someone like worked at Microsoft and showed up to work wearing a Google shirt, everybody's like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, <sure>. No. <laughs> like, get out of here with that. Um, or like the person who shows up to the band's show with that band's shirt on. Like, <laughs> Oh, I, I'm that person. I've, I've done it too. When you're a mega fan, it's like, you don't care not to. Many, like, the, the big fans have their own unified scene shirts. It has like your username on and your number right. on the back. Like you're like, Oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. Or like a, like band adjacent shirts. Like you go see, I can't think of examples of them the whole study right now. You wear your seventh street entry uh, shirt, or your first ab shirt or your Lake street bar shirt. Like that's, that's adjacent. <laughs> right. I don't care. I wear, I wear the band shirt. I don't care. I, it's just, I think it's something that's really neat that we're able to do. And I think if you want to, one of the things like the small ways you can make a difference is just start intentionally wearing merch from the companies that are owned by women, uh, people of color. I mean, just, yes, that's a really small and really easy way that you can make a huge difference in visibility and people are like, Hey, you're yeah. wearing that shirt. I don't think I've heard of that company. Uh, and I think that's a really great way to, to, to do that without Without running the risk of like being pandering, like I, I like, I hate white people, like kind of, kind of that. <laughs> well, there's like, there's that line. There's, I know that that's like a really strong way of saying that, but like, there's definitely like, about white people, Andrew. <laughs> I don't think anyone actually hates white people, but there's just like the, 
I don't want to say try hard because that seems rude and I don't ever want to discourage people from wanting to, uh, to support, um, to support those businesses. But I, I think more of what I'm thinking is like, as a white guy, like I, I'm going to stop talking. And I'm going to think <laughs> I've, I've got thoughts in my head that aren't really coming together, but I, I like, I don't want to be like rude or pandering or yeah. <clears throat> kind of like, I mean, I'll just, I'll just, you can think about it. You can sit, stick it in your skillet and let it simmer. Uh, <laughs> I think that um, just visibility is important is I think kind of what you were getting at Mm -hmm. Um, seeing yourself or someone that looks like you represented in media is extremely important. I mean, you, I mean, I, I look at like the, her signature guitar, or I see summer Walker on the cover of billboard magazine with a guitar. And these are two, two black women in, 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 in R and B. And I'm like, hell yes. Maybe that will get other people to like, think maybe who look like that or write music like that to think yes this is what i want to do she is a guitar she makes music that i love with a guitar maybe i can make music that someone else will love with a guitar or just like making music in general is always a good thing but i you know soft spot for guitars and i just think that's that's what should happen more because there are oh god i remember getting into it once with somebody about like the Grammys, one of the categories for like best alternative album one year only had dudes nominated, only had men nominated. And I said, wow, that's really, that's alternative. I, I mean, there's a, there's even then there were a ton of women in indie rock making great music. And, um, someone responded, uh, I thought it was supposed to be about who's the best, not about like, and what's the best? Can someone tell yeah, me what is the- perfect and what is the best? Uh, these are no Nintendo. I don't understand. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. And like, why would you just assume that men made the best and that if there are no, like, why would you just assume that men are making the best stuff? That's literally the problem is that that assumption's coming out. Like, yeah, I love the national, but they are not like the only band making great music in like the indie sphere right now. I think that women are just killing it in certain genres, especially I think women are killing it in R and B and hip hop and country music and pop and skateboarding. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I'm terrified to skateboard myself, but I am obsessed with like watching it (laughs) for some reason. And I follow every female skater that I can because I'm just like, Mm -hmm. wow, there's like a grace to it. You know, yeah. it's just so gorgeous to watch and they're killing it. Like all these, mm-hmm. these women are, you know, gravitating towards that, you know, much, they're, much in the same yeah. way. We're all like, you know, what was it? Fender, I guess, last year was saying that the female customer base had like gone over 50% for the first time in history. Yeah. Well, that actually, they don't even know how long that's been happening because that was the first time they looked for data on that. Wow. So they're like, whoa, have we been screwing up for a long time? Yeah. Because the stat that used to get quoted for like the, the difference, like how many women versus men play guitar involved insur- like insuring expensive guitars. It wasn't who's buying their first guitar because Fender found that half of the new guitar buyers are women. That's what they found. And previously have been like, who's insuring their $5,000 
vintage Les Pauls. Blues lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget the blues dads. Blues dads, blues doctors, (laughs) blues lawyers, blues chiefs of medicine. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But that, yeah, so that's that. Like, they were looking at the wrong numbers and no one had even done that. And they just kind of went up based on like anecdotal evidence of like who you're, who are you seeing walk into guitar stores? Well, I've always, I've walked into guitar stores since I was 10 and I got ignored most of the time. Yeah. And Where they offer um, you like the crappiest guitar and say it's the best. The Daisy rock. But Daisy right? rock isn't the best. <laughs> Daisy Rock has made some good instruments, but I do feel like they look like toys and that mm-hmm. I have, I take a little bit of umbrage with, and I know that that company started from a good place, but I don't think it, I think it missed the mark a little bit. Sure. Sorry. That's just how I feel about it. Maybe it's just not that sexy for us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would rather play like jazz masters. Like right. I listened to Elvis Costello. I wanted to play jazz masters. I want to play the guitar. Like I think all Musicians want to play, or at least start with the guitars that like their heroes start with. And if your hero's playing a Daisy Rock guitar, maybe you want a Daisy Rock guitar, or maybe you want a Fender guitar. Sure. Or Les Paul. Are you checking Discord while we're? <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Aisha said something about uh, women skaters, and that reminded me of uh, a friend of mine in the Seattle area. Her name's Lex, and I was pulling up. I'm double checking that I had her uh, Instagram handle right. Okay. But it's Doctor Dino Kills. Follow that account. She posts some great videos, and she's a she does original music as well. Oh, cool. um, I've actually been meaning to reach out to her and be like, "Hey, do you want be on the podcast? Like, you're local." Yes. We're I love the she shreds hashtag because it's not just like the guitarists she shreds. It's a lot of like skateboarding and snowboarding, yep. Yep. and it's a lot of things. So, yes, yeah, female badassery. Um. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um. Yeah, no, so to – if I could go back for a quick second, I I simmered. I put it in the skillet and let it simmer, and I, I think the thought that I was trying to form that I wasn't able to find words for for a moment was uh, what I would hate to see and what I think some people could be arguably accused of is like white guys can spend so much time talking about like want to promote – I want all of these people like – say all these nice things and they just spend so much time talking that they don't open up the floor for other people. Mm-hmm. And I know I've talked a lot in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little self-aware that I can definitely fall into that category. But I think what can be really helpful is like make the space for other people to step up and then step back and just hands off. You guys take it from here. Yeah. Um, and I think that can be really impactful. It, it definitely can. can. Yeah. I know I've had a lot of help from my friends who have pedal companies, uh, both large and small. Wouldn't be here today without their help. They're mm. out there. The awesome dudes are out there. They are. They're I mean, I'm willing to help. They want yeah. to see your ideas and not yeah. so they can take them for their own, but like <laughs> you were saying, like to help you realize them so that we we drive each other, right? Every time you make this super rad thing, your friend sees that and they're like, oh, I got to make this super rad thing now, you know? And so yeah. it just makes better How many times in music pedals. has it been like, like what I, was it? Did Brian Wilson listen to Sgt. Pepper and then he wrote Pet Sounds or something like that? 
yeah friendly competition is like such a big part of art yeah you know like those those songs we love might never have happened if imitation wasn't the sincerest form of flattery Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways yeah it's like it is it is inspiration and i think that we need to keep each other moving forward and diversity is it's great in every every aspect because if you don't have diversity you have echo chambers and bad things happen in echo chambers because no one is saying oh well maybe maybe this isn't what other people want or maybe this isn't like maybe this doesn't sound good (laughs) or maybe we're just all stuck up our own butts so much and just haven't been out in the world to see like what other people think and maybe you're not getting access to good ideas because you don't have different people in your in your stratosphere that's like that's a hugely important thing that you just said in my opinion is that i think a lot of folks like towny folks or whatever who don't go out and travel or you know if you haven't been in a band that goes on tour and you meet all these different kinds of people you know i think it's actually harder to kind of uh, have easy communication with people who are different than you because you don't have as much experience dealing with yeah. them. So that's the other thing too. Like you said, you got to get out there and just meet people who are outside of your neighborhood, outside of your comfort zone, you know? Yeah. And it, <laughs> this is a bit of a digression, but like when people talk about like real America being rural America and people in cities being out of touch, I always think, you know, I've lived in rural America, I've lived in big cities, and I gotta say, I don't think it's the people in the cities who are surrounded by diversity who don't understand, like, what other people are thinking. Right. I, maybe, maybe they miss, they underestimate the uh, number of people who live in, like, small town America, and I definitely think that's true, Um, but I, I don't think they're the ones who are... I don't think it's about being out of touch. I think it's just about, you know, exposure to different ideas. And I think people who live in cities are often exposed to to different ideas. It's easier for us to get to. We have easier access to it. It's all around us. You know, for example, when I lived in Oakland, one thing I loved about living in the Bay is, oh, no one stares at me here. Nobody looks at me like, is that a boy or a girl? You know, um, (laughs) And it was just so great to be invisible. Yeah. And there, and just to be around so many gay people too. It was awesome. It was a great experience. But at the same time, it's like, I still uh, crave, you know, energy of new environments and that sort of thing. That's why, you know, it's pretty easy for me. I feel like I'm a conduit sometimes between like female friends and male friends within music, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, and it's based on that experience, touring and just like meeting a lot of people, like in the smallest towns where we were the best times, you know, <laughs> like um, you, I met some of the most, you know, forward thinking people I've ever met in Nebraska, for example, or, you know I what I mean? That. So they're, they're everywhere. It's just about everyone like coming together. And that's what's so wonderful about the internet community. So we can all connect regardless Mm -hmm. of how far away from each other we live. Yeah, that is a beautiful thing about it. Even if you do get catfished every once in a while. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have that BS meter in your gut, right? And sometimes you just really gotta say, okay, I gotta listen to that. Yeah, Yeah, but if someone's like, I'm from Nebraska, no one's gonna lie about that. So 
Yeah, but they are. That's the thing. It gets deep. It gets twisted. People, <laughs> you know? that, like that People are getting really creative in their deceptions. <laughs> I mean, how many times have you seen like there's there's a, a subreddit called and I'm not going to bleep this. Quit your bullshit. And uh, it'll it's just full of people who are like make a post about something that just seems completely innocuous to lie about. And then someone responds. So in this post says you're a 13 year old girl. And in a post she did last month, you were a 46 year old man. And a post she did before that you were a 25 year old female. Like quit your bullshit. Why are you lying about these things? Depends on how you identify. <laughs> the gender I get the age, not so much. That's what I'm, I'm kidding. Like, I guess I identify with being 25. <laughs> yes, uh, it's like how I identify with 1980 being 20 years ago. <laughs> right? Uh, tell me about it. Jeez. I'm like, oh my god. It's just like, I feel like my brain is permanently set and that it is the year 2000 and that is how math works. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was the height of everything, you know, right there. My wife and I were talking about this the other day. Like, so much killer music from all different genres there in 1999, you know, like, yeah. right as things kind of dove off in 2005. Yeah, yeah. By then it was like, whoa, what's going on? My but also, the like streaming I... services, cut, you know, put a, that was the first time we all, like, yeah. felt the hit. Man, my husband was, uh, I was kind of workshopping a project that I've, abandoned because we didn't want to listen to that much music it was i wanted to see how guitar progressed in the billboard hot 100 basically since like the mid-aughts um because that's how far back it went and we were just like looking like the past couple years we've been like yeah there's some good stuff and then we get farther back into like our high school years and we're like <laughs> like there's like beyonce irreplaceable next to like some really terrible stuff and you're like why oh yeah wow so bad uh yeah i wouldn't go back to to that there were some mid 90s really songs that were really hard for me and the radio just played them over and over you know they're like oh third eye blind yeah oh gosh i'm not gonna lie i liked i liked that record i mean i was already like you know 25 or something and just like oh this is so lame i was just not digging it or uh, some of that kind of stuff <laughs> but there was so much good stuff there was a lot of pavement breeders guys oh yeah the them. indie scene was super oh, banging r&b too i got to see the fujis back in the Ooh, day nice. in jersey nice oh man i feel like I was supposed to see, I think I saw Lauren Hill at Bonnaroo, but I think she started so late that I couldn't see the whole set, which is very on brand for Lauren Hill. Well, I was going to say, was it like pre, <laughs> whatever you want to call it? This is like maybe six or seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Like, yeah, being late is very, very on, on brand for, for Ms. Hill. Same with Erica Badu. We went to go see uh, her DJ in San Francisco yeah. one night and we left at 2 a.m. and she hadn't gone on. I was so like, one like, year I have work. <laughs> it's a Wednesday night. One year at Bonnaroo, I know Kanye didn't start playing until like, he was supposed to go on at 10. I don't think he went on until like the sun started to come up. What are you, Hendrix? 
<laughs> he was, like, the worst thing was like the whole setup of his stage was supposed to be like glow sticks or like eating like it was supposed to be really cool at night and then it's like the sun comes out and everyone's like though i saw kanye once i'm not convinced it was kanye it was at x games and um i left a couple songs because i was working and I had food poisoning it was like, kind of one of the worst weekends of my life um x games austin point out my batadillo skateboard in the background and uh we we kind of went to like the people I was working with. We kind of went to see Kanye, and he was wearing like a mask. And I'm looking, and I turn up my boss. I'm like, I'm just not convinced that's actually Kanye. Can and he's like, let's leave. <laughs> I'm still not convinced. And there's like so much there's so much playback in all those shows too that it's like very little's live. You know, it's kind of sad in a way. Yeah. Oh, it's. I mean, it's just all too easy at this point with you yeah. know Ableton. I mean, I have friends who do that for a living. They hit play on you know Beyonce's main track, or <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, yeah. And uh, it feels to them, you know, dirty a little bit. I know, but you know, it's I mean, the way get, it is. I get certain levels because it's expensive to tour with a band. So, like, oh, if absolutely. you're like playing mid small to mid sized clubs, like it might not be worth it financially. And I get that as, as a guitarist who wants to be hired to perform mm-hmm. on tour with people. Like I get it. Totally. I, get it. I, was, I was trying to get a gig with um back in this past January with a woman and kind of followed up with her. Cause she was looking for a guitarist and I was like, well, yeah, I would love to, I think your music's great. I would love to play. And then she's like, I just don't, Afterward, after a while, she's like, I thought I was gonna have the budget for it. it. Turns out I just don't have the budget. I'm just gonna have to play the tracks. I'm like, I'm sorry, that's so that's, not even, that's just not the same from the performer's perspective either. Totally. No. Yeah, I toured as an electronic duo for many years, and that's what it was. Is like we just couldn't get steady bandmates and this and that, and so finally, just like you said, for cost reasons. We had a lot of, that's when I got into MIDI programming and stuff, you know, trying to get a lot going because that's how it is. I mean, especially if we were going to play an international show, there's no way in the world we were going to be able to afford four plane tickets to China. We, you know, it will just the two of us will go and I'll have a ton of, you know, Ableton stuff going on. Sure. Yeah, I'm no stranger to it either. Uh, I try not to put like lead vocals on my... It always feels weird that like the idea of like running lead vocals on tracks and having yeah. someone lip sync, but uh, it, an example of where that actually made a whole lot of sense. Uh, I had a friend who uh, ran front of house for uh, as I, as I lay dying, I can never say that right. Uh, which is a metal band. And, uh, that name might feel, sound familiar for those who aren't in the metal scene because the lead singer got arrested and jailed for plotting to assassinate his or not assassinate uh, murder his wife but like hired a hitman for it and the hitman turned out to be a cop and so he got put in jail and they're like the rest of the band is like well we've got a tour what are we gonna do so they hired a guy to come be the replacement singer and they just play the tracks and just had the dude lip sync it really well um Wow. And so my buddy's like, yeah, like it was weird to see like the, like the next show on tour, the dude was just like in jail and we couldn't see him again. Um, which for obvious reasons, um, no one wanted to be with him again, but. Well, actually uh, they rehired him. Yeah. I saw that. And not, 
I'm not wanting to say good things about their choice to do that. He um, blamed steroids. They should have just done like Journey did. Just get it. Yeah, get the cover. Sing, get the cover guy. Right. Yeah, I mean that, that guy sings amazingly. There's so you know? many great metal vocalists out there that they could have just replaced the dude with after he got in jail. Right. Like why? Um, but yeah, no, my buddy was saying that the first uh, doing the first show, they just he remembers. I think they were playing Bakersfield or something like that, and he just like hooked oh, up gosh. Ableton, and here we go, we got tracks. Yep. Yep. Definitely been there. Was sick, once my drummer was sick for a show, we did an Olympia, and the bassist Isaac, they stayed up all night long, uh, writing beats, tracks. And whenever there was a part where our drummer was supposed to sing, they used um the KK Slider from Animal Crossings vocals but tuned to like whatever the pitch that Dan was supposed to sing was and nice. it was go wee <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was the most surreal gig and just so so Andrew has the perspective that was the, that was the same gig where I accidentally got some drinks at the satanic bar and met the yep. world record for surviving an electrical shock <laughs> like the I met the guy who he he is the world record holder for getting jolted with the most amount of electricity and surviving Wow. And of course, I'm at a meditatonic bar, which really makes sense. <laughs> I recently watched a movie about a guy, like some wilderness sports chef guy, who uh, touched a dead bear that was on a live wire, like uh, with a knife. He did it, and it, he had implosions in his body. From yeah, it was incredible. I've never even seen anything like that before. Yeah, this guy showed me the scars. It was pretty intense. Wow. Yeah, it's gnarly. That's a normal thing to do at bars. Like, hey, check out my check, check out, out my... my electrocution scars. Well, he was talking the about lightning. how he was he was mad. He was out drinking because he was mad at his girlfriend or wife because uh, she wanted him to spend like a significant chunk of his like lawsuit money on her. And he's like, "I'm the one who got electrocuted. I died." <laughs> <laughs> He was really—he was a funny guy. He's like, you want the regular version or extra crispy? <laughs> <laughs> that got Andrew. <laughs> On that note, I know Andrew's got crispy. A, I know Andrew has a hard stop at ten thirty. Uh, no. You don't? I got. I I have some flex time. All right. Well, anything video I want to talk about? Like, how about actually? I really wanted to do this. I got the Americana series from Spruce Effects. Ooh. I wanted to unbox it. This is the new um, Badlands, which is my favorite of the national parks. But yes, it came with a, a lunchbox. When I open it, I think that's pretty clever to do the lunchbox bag. Definitely the swankiest packaging that. It's got a little cutout with the foam there. Wow. Ooh, badly. You gotta look. Dude, that thing's huge. It doesn't look that big in the photos. It doesn't look that big in the photos, but it is um, my face size. We're going to need a bigger board. (laughs) Number three. Where we're going, we don't need boards. I was just going to say, I wish I could commit to a board, but when you have to hook up like 50 paddles to record (laughs) You might as well just string them up. Dude. No, I, I know that the, the I think it's Seth from Old Blood Noise. He just has like a picnic basket <laughs> with uh with all of his pedals. Right. And Ann Sulikowski, uh the the demoer and fantastic musician and painter, 
she uh, also does not have a board because, I mean, you want to change it up, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of her thing, and you know, I I have a board because I have a band, and they all want they want me to play the same things. Every sounds similar, and oh, this is one of those like little wooden looking stickers. Oh, fancy! Yes, and a postcard that isn't. What the hell? This is old. Two. I can't read that at all. That is not. Well, it's a postcard from Brian, so I assume. No, it's not from Brian. It's like you you can buy these at like flea markets for a nickel. Mm -hmm. Uh It's just someone else's old ass stamp. Like this was back when postage was three cents, apparently. 1961. Wow. It says September 10th, one vacation in something west. Badlands are all that Yellowstone in Bojib days. Uncle blah. And this is Hanmer, Connecticut. This is this is illegible. <laughs> <laughs> you feel oh, there my- ships there. Totally super tangent here for a moment. Do you guys see the uh the dude that got arrested for boiling chicken in the uh, hot springs of Yellowstone? No. That's disgusting and dangerous. Apparently, this dude was just, like, hiking out there with, like, frozen chickens in his backpack. Oh, I see. And just, like, cooking them in the hot springs. That's That's not gross at all. (laughs) So he got a... Dude, like they are nasty. Yeah, you can't be be putting your hiney up in there. No. So I think he got arrested and fined in with a permanent ban from national parks. (sighs) Rightfully so. Banned from the whole town. Sir, you're a wacko. Completely banned from national parks. But I I was reading that. I'm like, is this the onion? And I'm just, at this point in 2020, I think I accepted. The onion is almost irrelevant at this point because I swear to like satire has become more like indicative of the news than the news has. Exactly. It's almost like tame compared to real life now. It is. I mean, I can't believe some of this stuff is real. Like that um, Michigan, the Michigan hearing or whatever, when someone was like, <laughs> Giuliani farted during it. I'm like, that was doctored. And then I'm like, that wasn't doctored. It, it sounded like cartoon farts. It's hilarious. Oh, no, that was that was super bad. And then the, the, the woman they hired to do the questioning and stuff, uh, the, the, full- she was the, the girl you wish you hadn't started a conversation with at a party. It full Karen, like I've been there before in retail, like the full, like stereotypical Karen vibes. Like, okay, well, I'm speaking now, and I'm like, oh my, no, stop, no, that's it that was, lady was wasted. She, she, it sounded like she had had like a bottle and half of wine, and was just like, I'm speaking now. And it was like, yikes, this is that's not even like okay in a retail setting, and this is like a courtroom, and you're questioning people, and that just felt so out of place, mm-hmm. just like. And I'm just watching this like, is this an SNL skit? Like, did, is this a plant? Did did Jimmy Kimmel hire someone to pretend to get hired and then like actually got hired on? And that's going to be an expo. Like, it just was so unbelievably bad. Brian wrote on a similar note. Aww. I don't know, like, a penis, so. I was going to say like. I'm disappointed. <laughs> Brian always has dicks on oh, everything. Beautiful. Look how You're really appealing to the nerve. That does look really nice. Yeah, it's a very beautiful. 
Oh, it's all lined up. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. satisfying. So satisfying. I'm not going to. It says Handmade in California version 2.0 or something. Yes, West Coast. West Coast, best coast. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to get any disagreement from the people on this podcast right now. Nope. <laughs> you really like that Splasher shirt, Andrew. I do. Um, one of my buddies in the local skate scene made it, uh, made the graphic for it, and put it up on Teespring. Um, and he did it a couple years ago, and I think at the time I didn't have the money for it. And it was one yeah. of those like, it was like 11.30 p.m. And I'm just like sitting at my desk going. Hey, I wonder if that shirt's still available on Teespring. <laughs> and it's totally so I just like impulse bought it. Um it's like, it was like twenty Thrasher, bucks or something. Right? Is that the brand? Yeah, it's so it's poking a little fun at it's riffing on Thrasher. Um which is Thrasher's great. And it's almost um, like a dad fishing shirt in a way. Oh yeah. So it's just Definitely like the salmon but with the, the skate yeah. trucks. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been to Memphis, either of you? Yep. Did you go when they had that big, like, glass pyramid that's just a big Bass Pro Shops? I didn't go in there. I don't know how new that is. I was too busy eating barbecue. Hell yes. Best. I like. I love Memphis barbecue, my God. Oh, yeah, my, my butt hurt for, like, two weeks because I just love hot <laughs> sauce, too. But you know what? You got to do that. In fact, fact, we're driving out to Cali. And nice. I can't wait to roll through there. COVID or not, I'm getting some barbecue. Central barbecue is my, my usually my go-to. Yeah? So, okay, I'm yeah. putting that to the, the Rolodex here. Little- I can't wait to be able to dine in person again and just... I I don't know what if I'm going to like travel abroad or if I'm just going to hit like do a road trip or like what I'm going to do. But as soon as like I feel... Like I'm safe to get out of town. Like I'm just gonna burn my PTO and just disappear for like three weeks. That's our our plan, but for a year, do some vanning for like a year. I got I'm putting together like a portable pedal making suitcase thing at the moment because we're kind of hoping next year to do some of the uh, like go to the Grand Canyon and do like fun nature stuff. But you know, yeah, hang out in places for periods of time. Ah. Oh, that'd be sick. But I still have to be a nerd and build, so you know, gotta get that little travel rig going. Nice. Um, well, I think that might be a good place to to call it, but uh Aisha, where can people find your pedals? We're on Instagram. Our name is Low Sounds. Uh and we also have a, a big cartel site and it's lowgoods.com. Our pedals are our ready-made pedals are up there, but uh, we mostly specialize in custom stuff. We like to like work one-on-one with people, and that's all through Instagram. Just hit us up in the DMs. There is that what the kids oh, say? Yeah, hit us up in the DMs. Slide into my DMs. Okay, I'm you're a- right. I think that's that's more more appropriate. Somehow. Gotta slide. I might need something as one of those uh, room monitors. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool looking. Yeah, oh, a reverb. I assume this sold. Um, most of what's on there is, but I'm always, in fact, I'm feverishly building right now because I have to pack up my stuff for the moving pod, 
in a couple yeah. of weeks. So I'm just feverishly building up cool containers full of things, making some pillows nice. for my brother, that sort of thing. Awesome. Yeah, hit us up. We love weirdo ideas and, you know, not as weird ideas, but anything <laughs> you can think up, that's our jam. Awesome. Very cool. Um, well, to everybody out there watching, firstly, thanks, Aisha, for doing this with us. It was not not as last minute as we often do, but still a little last minute. Spontaneous is good. I yeah. agree. Damn. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for understanding. Thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Anything you want to say, Andrew? I'm just a simple man making my way in the universe. I, I it's so hard not to talk about Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, oh, my brother and nephew are watching that right now. Like, I know that, that's all I can say without spoiling everything to all of her fans. <laughs> It just seems like a show about a guy who can't stop making best friends everywhere he goes. It's so good. It's a bro down. Feel good movie. Feel good. Feel good. Well, uh, yeah. Please um, like, comment, subscribe. We have a shop. Getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash getoffset. Um, there are some people I was supposed to shout out today, but I forgot. And I will do it. Oh, someone bought a hat this week and it made me really happy. Someone did buy a hat. And uh, if you if you're listening to this or watching this, and you are in need of a hat, I strongly recommend buying a hat from us because it would make me happy. It says for fuzz sake. Oh, I have to peep that. It's got some in the uh, some schematic graphic on there as yeah. well. Something like that, as well anyway, as the shirt. But yes, yeah, buy a hat. Uh, we uh, until the end of the year, we are opening our Patreon only Discord channel to anybody at the Patreon at least the one dollar level, and then in twenty twenty one, that permissions are going to go back up to the five dollar level. But you'll get grandfathered in at the one dollar level. And that's cool. Bam. Twelve bucks a year, and you get to talk with some really really swell folk. I uh, yeah, I accidentally opened my Secret Santa gift that we were doing a Secret Santa exchange. I ruined it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> mistakes um yeah i'm just gonna stop yammering <laughs> until next time my name is emily and my name is andrew that's aisha low thanks for having me yes take it easy uh, everybody. Until, right, until next time goodbye yeah. bye, bye. Adios.